This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, no matter how carefully a project is planned, something might still go wrong. And that is certainly true about retirement. When we come back, we're going to talk about six steps you can take to help avoid some of the pitfalls when you're approaching retirement. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker, and we are Cruising Through Retirement. You know, no matter how carefully a project is planned, something might still go wrong. And that is certainly true about retirement. When we come back, we're going to talk about six steps you can take to help avoid some of the pitfalls when you're approaching retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative with Silverleaf Financial. He's been in this business kicking around about 30 years, a little better than that. So, uh, so what's going on, Kevin? How are you? Hey, it's another day in the Phoenix neighborhood here, Steve. We're uh, we're, we're having a good one, and uh, we're looking forward to another show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we were just talking. Uh, you know, you're you're feeling pretty optimistic. I think everybody is kind of feeling optimistic. You know, we're getting vaccinated. We're kind of feeling like we can breathe a little bit, maybe get out and about a little bit. Feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it feels fantastic. Yeah, it's I mean, how nice is it that we're we're going to be <laughs> we're actually able to you know to get out and do things again and. Uh, you, you can even think about going to a concert and all these places where you got thousands of people breathing really heavily on each other, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, it's nice. It's it's good to feel positive about that, right? Oh man, yes. It's been a long year, hasn't it? Oh I mean, it's, gosh. You, you know, we're every day we're waking up to the you know these these counts of how many more people are sick, and 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 and, and don't get me wrong, guys. I have tremendous sympathy, and I feel terrible for anybody that you know had to go through it or might have lost somebody to COVID. Um, but there, there is no question about it now. I think everybody's feeling good because we are, you know, looking at the prospect of getting back to normal and being able to get together with your family and travel and, and do the things that everybody wants to do. Sure. And again, you know, you talked about, <laughs> we're going to kind of take a reverse here, but you were talking about uh, things that can go wrong, even though it's the best laid plans. And, and uh, there are some things that, that can go wrong, that will go wrong, but that's why we have somebody like you, um, you know, to help us make sure we don't uh, make those missteps. Yeah, you know what? You, you, you want to work with somebody, you know, guys. And, and, I, and I know there is a, there's a percentage of the population loves to do it themselves. Um, and by all means, that's fine. Just, just make sure that you're doing a lot of research and a lot of studying so that you're, so that you're not making any, 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 any mistakes or that you can avoid or minimize the mistakes, I guess right. I'd say. Because uh, I think any good financial advisor is, is going to be far more, uh, they're going to be worth far more than, the little, than, than whatever fee it is that they charge. If they're any good at all, um, I'm sure you'll be very happy. Uh, with them, and if and if if they're doing their job and they're taking care of you, and if not, then you know what you can find you can find somebody else, and you can always go back to doing it a different way. Of course, um, you, you know one thing that I think uh, uh, every a lot of folks do is you know a lot of people now they have several jobs throughout their career. It's not like you know when I was growing up, it was very common for you know somebody to spend thirty years or forty years at the same company, um, you know. But but that's not the case anymore. It is sometimes. But more often than that, people work with several different companies, and so they've all got they've got a four hundred one k at each company, 
Uh, and a lot of times they leave them there and they don't, they don't, they don't roll it over to an IRA or they don't consolidate it with a newer 401k. Um, you know, and I, and I think that makes things much more difficult for you, you know, because it could be, I mean, it's not necessarily the, if you've got multiple 401ks, chances are they're invested in most of the same things. So you're not really very well diversified. Now, you know what? You you might not be. You might not be because a lot of 401k plans have a pretty limited menu of, of investment choices. Um, you know, so so they could very well be invested in, you know, all, for instance, large cap, you know, large company growth stocks, let's say. And, and, and you know, I've talked before, you know, guys, it is very important to, to, to make sure that you understand what a truly diversified portfolio looks like. Because, you know, I've met clients before. I've talked about it before. One case, this, this was probably 15 or 20 years ago now. Um, but I sat down with a guy that uh, he retired from Caterpillar and he had, and, and he, and he had a good 401k. And then after he uh, retired, he sat down with somebody from a well-known Wall Street firm. Let's just say it that way. Um, and, and the guy put him in half a dozen different mutual funds that all had front end loads. You know, that back that, at that point in time, you know, we didn't have nearly as many no load funds as we have now. And overall commissions were higher than they are now. Um, you know, as I said, it was about between 15 and 20 years ago. But when I sat down with him, I recognized right away because he had about, I want to say it was about 600,000. And, and, and you get discounts on the class A shares that have a front end load. So you're paying a commission going into it. Um, there are discounts based on putting more money into it. And, and so with the same fund family. So if you put, so there's a difference between a $50,000 investment and a half million dollar investment. If it's with the same fund family, you'd pay probably half the commission if you put it all with the same company. Whereas what I saw immediately with this, when I looked at the customer statement, was that the broker put them in half a dozen different fund companies. So by doing that, the broker made a higher commission. That's what that's about. Well, I okay? think we know and, whose retirement he was uh, planning. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's a shame because that, that client thought he was doing something smart. He thought he was doing what he was supposed to do, sitting down with a professional, putting together a plan. And unfortunately, what happened is the the broker took advantage of him and 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 put him with you know in a bunch of different fund families. So the guy paid full commission on everything. And the worst part about it is not just that that he he charged he wound up charging more commission than he should, but he put them all in the same type of fund, which is what we started talking about. And the reason I thought of this is I mentioned large company growth funds. That's what this client owned. He had six, might have been seven, uh, different funds from different fund families, right? Different companies, but they're all buying the same stocks. So they're all buying Microsoft and Cisco and, and all the tech stocks that really took a beating uh, between, you know, 2000 and 2002. Uh, and, and if you think about the timing, I mentioned this was 15, 20 years ago. The reason he called me is that he lost almost half his portfolio through that market crash between 2000 and 2002. And, and you know, and that was a hard, hard lesson for him to learn. Um, but you know, luckily we sat down and I was able to put together a portfolio and, and we've made, you know, made a lot of that money back and then some, um, but think how much farther he could be ahead if he didn't have, if he didn't go through that and, and if he didn't have, make that mistake. And, um, and now in this case, it wasn't his, it, I, I fault the broker, not the client. Um, you know, but my point is guys, the point is you want to make sure that you've got holdings that move in different directions in your portfolio. Okay. So if everything you have dropped, for instance, a good a good sample is when the market has a m big move on one day, let, let's say a big down day, or, or what I like to look at is last spring when the market tanked between February and March at the beginning of the COVID crisis. Look at what your portfolio did. If everything went down, then you don't have a truly diversified portfolio. 
And that that is call number one. If you guys want to see if your portfolio is diversified, give me a call. I'll be happy to go through it with you. And I'll be happy to to take a look at your portfolio and give you an opinion on it. And it's free of charge. There's no obligation. There's no cost. I'll, I'll be happy to take a look and at least give you some feedback so you might know some of the pitfalls of your portfolio. 800-975-6717 is the number. 800-975-6717. You can also get the ball rolling by texting Kevin. That's silver, the name, the word silver, S-I-L-V-E-R, to 21000. Uh, put the, to, yeah, silver to 21000. Yes, and, and guys, feel free to contact me anytime or reach out via text or, or phone call. Uh, the first step is doing that review and looking at where you are. And, and what we started off talking about is th- six you know, things that you could do to set yourself up for a good retirement. Sure. And one of them w- was rolling over that 401k, right? Yes, of um, course. And, and, and what I wanted to make sure the point that I made was that y- you want to look back. If you've got 401ks you know, in various places, you really take a couple hours or whatever. Maybe it'll take an hour to put together the paperwork and find somebody that you're comfortable with so you can start to consolidate those accounts. And I would suggest you look at rolling them into an IRA. Um, actually, I'm going to say transferring them into an IRA. Uh, and, and that is because I don't want you to get the check. All right, guys, uh, real quick note, rollovers are limited to one per year now. If you do more than one, you're going to get taxed on that second one like you took it out entirely. Oh, okay? wow. I'm, I'm guessing and, people don't realize that. No, they don't realize that. And that's that's why I'm trying to change. You know, maybe it's a, some people say it's a stupid detail, maybe. Uh, but oh, it's critical. a huge detail. <laughs> It is a huge detail because a few years ago, the IRS, like at one point, if you go back a decade or I, I, I believe I believe this law changed four or five years ago, maybe maybe three years ago, the, the exact date I lose right now. But the point is this. You used to be able to do unlimited IRA rollovers within a year. In other words, you could you could roll it over 10 times if you wanted to, as long as you did it within 60 days yeah. and everything's filled out correctly, right? Yep. Then you could do any number of them and it'd still be off. It'd be fine. But they changed that now, and you can only do one per year, okay? One in a 12-month rolling period, all right? So if you did a rollover, you know, middle of July, you can't do another one until the following middle of July. And if you do, it's going to be fully taxed like you took it all out. Wow. Okay? So, well, let me ask you this. You know, if if I come to you and I have three, you know, 401ks that have been out there for, for years, can we do all three at once and still not, and not be penalized? Yes. Yes, you can. And, okay. and, and that's why the, the, yes, you definitely can. You definitely can. And, but the key is to make sure you do a direct transfer. Okay. Which is, which is we, I, I, and this is something that I take care of guys. You don't have to worry about how, you know, this is the nuts and bolts. You know, my, my wife likes to say, Hey, I don't need to know how the sausage is made. Right. Right. And I, I just want to have a good result. I want a good product at the end. And, uh, you know, so this is something your advisor will take care of for you. But the key is, Anybody that's a do-it-yourselfer or uh, if you don't tell your advisor, hey, I did another rollover, he or she isn't going to know. And now you got a big problem because they don't know that you already did it. Okay. And the key, let me tell you the key, the difference, guys, a rollover means the company sends you a check. All right. So the customer receives the money. You get a check, right? And you can hold on to it, do whatever you want. It's still 60 days that you've got to get it back in that account. But if you take the check and then redeposit it into an account, that's a rollover, all right? If the money is sent directly from company A to company B via direct transfer and you never get the check, it goes straight from them, right, from one to the other, Mm -hmm. that's a direct transfer. You can do as many transfers as you want. There's no problem with transfers. It's when you receive the check. If you receive that that IRA check and you roll it over, 
You can only do that once per year, and that okay. is really important. Very important you don't make that mistake of doing it more than once. Okay, let me ask you this, and, and I think I know the answer, but I know that if you, let's say you've been with a company for a long time and you're over 59 and a half and you're still working, let's talk about that in-service rollover. That can be very beneficial too. Yes, the, uh, the I think you're referring to the in-service distribution of your yes. 401k. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and, and, and this is something that's going to be specific to your company that you work at. It can definitely be a big uh, a big benefit um, because you can take the money, you know, a lot of times if you don't like the choices in your 401k or, or, or if they're just too limited, maybe you want to invest in individual stocks and you can't do it in your 401k. And, uh, and so, so what we can do is an in-service distribution. You got to check with your uh, benefits coordinator or human resources person, somebody you know, with a title, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that can tell you, does your, because it, the, the rules of your 401k are specific to your company. And, and so they have to have made the decision to allow their employees to do that. And so it's basically half, uh, roughly half of the companies do, half of them don't. Generally speaking, the bigger companies are a little bit more flexible and you can do the in-service distribution. And then, you, in other words, you don't have to quit working at that company before you're eligible to roll over the 401k. Okay. And, and, and so the IRA, the benefit of the IRA is that the entire investment universe, you know, if it's listed on an exchange, if you want to invest in it in an IRA, you can do it. And, and so your investment choices are virtually unlimited with an IRA, whereas your 401k has very limited choices. Uh, obviously, there's other things you need to look at, like expenses and things like that. Um, it's not just about your investment choices, but uh, it's definitely something to be considered. Sure. All right. Well, again, I mean, it does, those are the kinds of things that are so important for folks to know. And, you know, as they begin to put that retirement plan together, and we talk about it all the time, getting into that financial red zone, you know, that five, 10 years before retirement, now's the time to really start taking, taking stock of things and making sure that your ducks are in a row, so to speak. It is definitely the time to do it. And, 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 it's a, and it's a really good time to kind of you know, check and see where you are, right? What type of progress you're making towards your goal, um, and an advisor can help you figure that out. And, and you don't want to wait until you're ready to retire because you know what, maybe there's something you could have done five, 10 years before you retired that could have set you up even better. And, and one of the things that we talk about um, that I like to suggest, for instance, after we go through your expenses and your income sources, things like that, if you have an income gap, in other words, um, you, you have an income shortfall. In other words, your all of your guaranteed income is not going to cover all of your monthly bills. What I like to do is set up an, an annuity that will guarantee that income and it'll, it'll guarantee that it'll pay you forever. As long as you live, even if you live to 110, 115, and the annuity went to zero when you're 95, it's going to keep on paying you. There is no other account that will keep on paying you like that after the balance goes to zero. And so I like annuities to plug that gap where we need some income to make up for, for a shortfall. Um, and if you're able to do it five or 10 years before you retire, you're going to see such a better, such, so much more growth on that money. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It really is. Sure. So you want to have that benefit of time because it can get you so much more guaranteed income in your retirement. You know, for instance, with a, you could do for 100000 if you did it 10 years in advance, what it'll take you 200000 to do if you wait until retirement. Wow. So, so wow. It, it, it's, you know, it, it makes a big, big difference, guys. You want to sit down as soon as, soon as, uh, as soon as you can. One of the things, and you know, I love these the sort of these uh, analogies, if you will. There's, I like the one where we call it, as opposed to a budget, we call it a lifestyle income or a lifestyle expense report. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I got a new one because yeah. people are so freaked out by annuities. Defined outcome investing. 
Oh, well, there you go. Huh? Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> no, not, not, not bad at all. You, you know what? Uh, you know the old pension plans, the, the pension plans that people used, you know, used to get from the company oh, that sure. they worked for? Yeah. You know, you know, those are called defined benefit plans. Right. Right. And I like to call, I like to call an, an annuity your own personal defined benefit plan. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You, you know, and guys, that's really what it is. You know your Social Security check is an annuity. That's what it is. Of course. All right? it it's just an enormous annuity. All right. <laughs> Pretty darn good one. Right. But yeah, but it's but it's good. But that's the backbone of it. That's the yeah. engine. You know, that's the chassis. And and anybody that has a pension plan, it, you know, I know my grandfather retired from Campbell Soup Company back in the day. He had a pen, he had a pension plan. It was a group annuity. And and, you know, guys, for, for the life of me, I don't know how it's come to this point that has gotten to have a, a negative connotation to it. Um, because annuities can be fantastic products sure. that can be the self, that can be the salvation. That can be the difference between you paying your bills every month and not paying your bills every month. So, um, I would take a look at it, you know, and, and I, and I think the, the, the wise person, the intelligent person is going to look at it and evaluate it, see if it makes sense. If the answer is no, then, then that's fine. There's, there's plenty of different routes you can take. Sure. I like it because of the guarantees. Yeah. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time, can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. And, and the, one of the biggest things about uh, uh, Medicare is that first of all, you want to know that, uh, or you want to expect that it's only probably going to cover maybe half, maybe two thirds of your expenses okay. in, in, of your healthcare expenses. Medicare is not, uh, it's not going to cover everything, period. Uh, it, it won't, unfortunately. It'd be nice if it did, um, you know, but, but it won't cover anything. And so you want to make sure that you've got a budget. You've got, in other words, you've got money set aside, you know, that can help pay for those expenses in your retirement, um, you know, and, and you want to make sure that, uh, I rec well, for first, what I recommend is three months before your 65th birthday. That's when I recommend you sign up for Medicare uh, because it could take a little bit of time to get it in place. So sign up three months in advance, even four months in advance, and uh, to make sure that 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 you've got coverage right when you turn 65. And if you don't, if you miss it, you, I think they give you six months or seven months. Uh, I believe it's a seven month, three months before the month of your birthday and the three months after. I okay. believe is what it is. Sure. 
And so if you miss that deadline, guys, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay higher premiums for your Medicare forever, forever. It's not a one-time penalty. It's forever. And, and, and so you, 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 unless you're covered by a qualified plan, there are some caveats. Um, But if you're not covered by another plan, then, then it could be a big problem. And, and so then what you want to think about is you want to, you want to start, I would recommend start thinking early about whether, you know, there's really two main types of, of, of additional plans you can add to your uh, traditional Medicare, that being a Medicare Advantage plan and not, and, or uh, either a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare supplement plan. And, and the biggest difference between the two is a Medicare Advantage plan is a network that's going to be by your house. All right. So if you want to travel out of state and you get sick or you need healthcare, you probably don't want the Advantage plan. You'd probably want the Medicare supplement because you can use that anywhere in the country that accepts Medicare. All right. So that's the first thing that I suggest to people. If you're if you're somebody that's going to you're not into traveling, you're going to stay in the in the area that you live in and you're comfortable with that, then a Medicare Advantage plan might be the way to go. But that's those are two things you want to sort out as soon as you can. Sure. So we were talking about that financial red zone. Let's say somebody's 52 years old and, and they're they're starting to think about, okay, I got to get my ducks in a row for retirement and I've got a high deductible insurance plan. Is that the time to really start feeding that HSA? Yeah. You know what? I, I'd recommend start feeding that HSA as soon as you can. Okay. Um, you know, the health savings account is what is what Steve's referring to here. And an, an HSA is what we call it. Uh, this is a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal savings tool that I wish everybody would take advantage of. Uh, but because of the rules, everybody can't take advantage of it. Uh, one of the rules is you have to have a high deductible health plan, uh, health insurance plan. Uh, and there's other certain requirements about like the out-of-pocket limits and things like that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, without really getting into too much detail. Um, if you're somebody that chooses your own health insurance, then you want to take a look, take a look at it because it might be something that could benefit you and your family. Uh, but the first step is making sure you've got the right, that, that you've got an HSA compatible or HSA eligible health insurance plan. And then if you do, you could set the, you could set up the HSA. And I think a single person can put in $3,600 this year and, and a, a married couple, you know, double that. Um, and there's provisions for being older as well that you can add in extra funds. So it, it this account gives you a tax deduction when you put the money into it, it grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free as long as you play by the rules. Sure. All right. It is the only truly tax-free account available anywhere. A Roth IRA, we talk about all the time and I love a Roth IRA. I think that's great as well because it grows tax-free, right? And it comes out tax-free, but you had to pay tax on the money when you put it in. The HSA, you didn't even have to pay tax when you put it in. So, um, it, it is, it is a truly wonderful thing. And, and, and there are also provisions, uh, that allow you, for instance, you could take a one-time distribution or tr- uh, transfer a part of your IRA if you wanted to into an HSA. Can you uh, there really? Are, yeah, there, there are rules and there are limits, but you can do it. Wow. And, and, and so imagine if you're somebody in your thirties or forties or fifties, and maybe there's a medical situation comes up that you can't, you, you didn't, can't really afford it. You don't have the money, right? You don't have the yeah, money necessarily, of course. but you've got it in your IRA. But if you take it out of your IRA, maybe you'd have to pay a penalty, pay tax, all these things. Maybe you'll take a look and see if it makes sense to transfer that into an HSA account and then take it out of the HSA because then you don't have any penalties. You don't have any taxes. Wow. All right. Now, it won't work for everybody. Okay. There are rules that we have to meet, right? Mm-hmm. But but there are provisions that it can be done and, if, and, it, and it, might, it very well might be something that you qualify for. And so that's just something that's good information, right? I was talking oh, before about- that's great information. 
Right. You know, we started off talking about the show, how an advisor should, should be worth far more than their fee, right? Yes. That's the type of information I'm talking about is that situation like that, that could save you thousands of dollars in taxes and penalties. All right. If you're working with a good advisor, maybe they can, you know, they give you the heads up, point it out to you. Hey, here's one way, you know, you can save a lot of money. I know you got to have this procedure done. This is the way you can save a lot of money. So it's not just about the investments, guys. It's not just about managing a portfolio. It's about all of your financial life. All of your financial life should be something that you can discuss with your advisor if you want to. Not, not, obviously, not everybody wants to, um, but I'm happy to talk to my clients about everything financial, You know, whether it's getting a mortgage or buying a car, should they lease it or should they buy it, and, and, and things like that. So um, there's a lot of ways we can help. Well, it comes down to education, Kevin, and that's one of the things that you do, and I know you take a lot of pride in, is you're, a, you know, you're an educator. You teach people, and that knowledge becomes so valuable. It is right. It's 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 the, the that's the old thing. Uh, what is it? It's, uh, um, you know, feed a man a fish. You feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish. You feed him for life. Yeah, something like that. Of course, yeah. Right. Sure. And and that's that's the benefit of education. The idea is to feed you for life. Okay. If we're using that same, uh, is that a metaphor? Um, so I I always get confused. What's a simile or a metaphor? And anyway, an analogy. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. So, but I'm sure you guys get the point. We right? get it. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> Once you have that knowledge, you can continue to apply it. Right. And, and so that's what we want to do. We want to help to educate you and help you to save money anywhere you can help you to pay as little in taxes as is legally, you know, allowed and, and to grow your portfolio as much as we can without taking more risk than we have to. And, and so um, we talked about rolling over the 401k. We talked about signing up and managing Medicare. You know, one of the other things you want to make sure that you do is you're figuring out your retirement, when to retire, what your income is going to be, things like that. You want to try to maximize your social security, right? How Boys. much money are you? So many right? people get that wrong, don't they? I think most people get it wrong. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, guys, don't 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 shoot me for that. But um, it the the stats are really high in terms of I don't know the exact number, but the majority of people file for Social Security within the first few years of being eligible, and most people of I think it's less than one in ten wait until they're seventy to claim. Um, I personally would love to see nine in ten wait to claim until they're seventy. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're in a situation, you need the money, um, you know, and if, if, if that's if that's what you have to do, then you then you got to do what you got to do. Right. But if you have any flexibility in, in being able to put off, you know, uh, claiming your uh, claiming your Social Security and, and receiving your Social Security check, if you're able to put it off, you get paid, you get an eight percent raise for every year you wait. All right. And guys, that breaks down to the month. So, you know, if, if you're right on the edge and you're thinking about doing it, just wait another month. And then I'm going to say, wait another month. And then I'll say, wait another month. Okay. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. it, it, just try to put it off as long as you can. I know, I know it's difficult because you're saying, wow, I've got this money I could be collecting right now. You know, and people will say, well, what if I don't live long enough? And I can tell you as a general rule of thumb on, on the social security claiming situation is that it all comes down to longevity, right? How long are you going to live and how long are you going to collect that check? And if you know the answer to that, then, then it's easy to figure out, you know, when the best time is to start, right? Yes. Uh, so what I tell everybody is that if you expect to live in, into your 80s, okay, past, let, past, let's say, 81 or 82, I think if you feel there's a good probability you'll live past 81 or 82, then you could probably benefit from waiting until you're 70 to claim Social Security. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's because if, you, if you're going to live that long, like my father lived to 93, and he made so much more. He took out so much more money from Social Security than he ever put in by, by – uh, 
exponentially. I mean, it was a phenomenal amount. I don't know if most people realize it. You know, you've probably taken out all your social security that you put in within maybe three, four years of retirement. Yeah. Um, um, and then if you say, well, I could have grown that money. All right. So, so let's say you grew that money and you'd never put it in social security. Chances are within 10 years, you'd have taken out every, every dime you put in as well as a reasonable amount of growth. And then think about how many people have collected Social Security well past ten years. Yeah, well, I got, you know, most I would think they they are, and and then you know, and then you've also realized if you if you realize that we've got fewer people working and paying into Social Security, which is part of the problem with unemployment, guys. By the way, um, when you're unemployed, you don't contribute Social Security, right? Right. And and so when we have a high unemployment rate, we've got less people contributing to it. We still have just as many people taking it out, which is why the program's uh, you know supposed to be going broke here at some point. Um, and, and, I don't, and I don't mean broke. Let's say it's 25%. Social Security is going to have a 25% shortfall, they're saying, within 10 years. Um, so on that note, guys, the other thing I want to mention, though, if you're married and you're the higher income earner over your lifetime of earnings, how they calculate Social Security, then just be aware that if something happens to the higher income earner, right, and the spouse that's left behind is then going to get your check, okay? So if you claimed it at 65 or 66 when you pass away, your wife is going to get a smaller check than if you waited until you're 70 and you pass away, she'd get a much bigger check. Yeah. And those are the things that, I mean, those are the things that can really make a difference in retirement moving forward. And and like you said, so many people don't get it exactly right. And there are, I mean, because there's so many different strategies, there's so many different ways to claim it. And thank goodness you're here to help us wade through it. There, you know, you know what I, I I appreciate that, Steve. And this is definitely something I can help you guys with, you know. And we have we have, you know, there's all sorts of calculators on the internet. A lot of them are are, you know, they're pretty basic and they don't take into consideration a lot of a lot of other uh a lot of other issues. And and so don't just trust whatever calculator you might have found on the internet. Whatever advice when you're working with an advisor, have them run it too. Have them, you know, have that conversation about social security and see what they say. You know, that that extra information that you're gonna get. You know, I always say, you know what, the more information, the better, because you can make that much more of an informed decision. Sure. And, and, and so I'm a big advocate of giving you the information, then give you time to digest it and figure out which way you want to go. But don't just rely on those really basic calculators that you find online. Sure. Um, you want, we want to go more in depth than that. Um, you know, the, the other thing that we, that we want to suggest is that, you know, when you're planning for retirement, you want to think about how you're going to transfer wealth if you've got kids yes. um, or, you know, or if you're thinking about a surviving spouse. Well, I mean, again, uh, that, that whole landscape has changed drastically and particularly in the last year and a half. It, it has. There's been, there, there's been a lot of changes and the government always likes to tweak these things, right? Which is why I've got millions of pages of tax code and things like that. Right. Um, you, you know, so it's, it's really important that you create, you know, the, 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 um, I don't know if, whether you need a trust or not. You may want to talk to an attorney, but you definitely want to have, you know, your powers of attorney in place for finance and for healthcare in case something happens to you. You know um, that that you're uh, incapacitated and you can't. Maybe you can't make the decision you need to. Uh, you want to get those in place personally. I set them up for myself and my wife several years ago. Um, you know, I'm mid. I'm 56, and uh, but it's you know obviously things happen. Accidents happen every day. And, and you don't want, you know, a lot of people put these things off. I know it's not fun, but you know what? It's probably two hours. You probably spend two hours. You can get it probably taken care of. And, uh, but it's something that's very important. You want to have a will, make sure you create a will and that it's updated and you keep it current. And, uh, you, you know, because it's very important that, that these things are in place and that they're earning mistakes. You know, I've seen cases where somebody passes away and they didn't update their beneficiaries and they forgot to take off their ex-spouse off their, off their documents. 
So now you're leaving money to your ex. (laughs) Well, that's not a pleasant thought. No, it's not very much. It's not very much fun, guys. So you want to make sure, you know, update these things, keep an eye on them. And especially if there's any life, you know, life events, you know, marriage, divorce, anything like that. um, You want to take a look at it and make sure everything's current. Absolutely. And so, you know, and again, so let's talk, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but, but let's talk about, as long as we talk about transfer wealth, one of the things I know that a lot of people, you know, they set up their IRA to go to their kids or their grandkids, let's say it's their kids. And, uh, you know, the, the, the stretch IRA, that's, that was kind of the whole, one of the whole strategies of transferring wealth from one generation to the next. And that is essentially out the window now. Yes, it, it, it is. That's one of the big changes that the, that the government made in the last few years was taken away. The, the, the stretch IRA has been reduced from a lifetime to 10 years. And so, um, you, you know, somebody used to be able to stretch it out, you know, especially if it was somebody young, like, like I used to say, leave it to your grandkids. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if, a par- if a person passes away in their 80s, their grandkids probably, you know, what, 30, 35. And, and so they could have had a long, you know, 50 years to stretch out that money. Uh, unfortunately, they took that away, and now you have ten years. So the the uh, it's just something you want to be aware of. Um, you want to make sure that you take the money out within the period of time. You don't have to take it out, you know, ten percent a year, something like that. Right. Um, you know, but but that has changed, and it's something else that you want to be aware of. Otherwise, you could have a big mess, you know, thinking you could stretch it out over a lifetime when it when you can only do it for ten years now. Well, I mean, the tax implications there are are staggering when you think about it. Yeah, it no, no no question about it, and that's that, the, obviously the government made that change because you know they wanted to collect the tax money, right? You know, over, over a shorter period of time, and uh, you, you know what? And looking and looking at the the, the government's financial situation. I, I can't really fault them for it. Um, you know? Right. Well, you know? I mean, again, I'm hearing grumblings and uh, of people saying, "Well, it's gonna it's it's ten years today, but it's soon to be five, You know that it has to yeah. come out, and and that wouldn't yeah. surprise me, would it? You? No, no, it wouldn't. It would it wouldn't surprise me if it went to one. Um, oh, jeez. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you, you know what? Personally, what I what I think would be would be a lot more friendly to the uh, lower class and middle class and upper middle class people is to bring the estate tax back down to something reasonable if they want to generate money when people die. Um, you know, the estate, I, I think you can leave something like $12 million now tax-free in your estate. Um, you know, it, it used to be 600000 and And so to me, if the government is looking to uh, raise money when people die, uh, I would rather see them lower the estate tax because that the super rich people are the ones that benefit from that. Of course. Whereas the you know ordinary Mr. and Mrs. Jones are the ones that benefit from this usually from the stretch IRAs, and and so to me, reining in that estate ta- you know bringing the estate tax back down I think would have been a, would have would have been more targeted to the rich and ultra rich as opposed to more of a middle class tactic like the stretch IRA. Sure. So. So I, 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 but, but nonetheless, it's something to be, to be aware of. You want to make sure, obviously nobody wants to pay more in taxes than they have to. Um, you know, so as of now you can still stretch it out for that 10 years, which I would definitely recommend uh, everybody take advantage of. Well, sure. I mean, let that money grow. Exactly. Yeah. Let it, let it, let it, let it grow. And, and, you know, and you don't even have to take it out every year, as I mentioned, you know, you could, you could leave it in there for not take out a dime if you don't want to until the 10th year. Okay, so let me ask you this: What happens if if money is in a, a in a Roth IRA, and you still have to take that money out, but but there's just no tax yes. on it? Is that right? No, that's correct, actually. Yeah, and and that's something that seems really silly to me, but but Kinda nonetheless, that's 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 what they've done is that you do you do now. Now let me clarify: 
the individual that owns the Roth IRA, you never, you never, one of the nice things about a Roth IRA is you don't ever have, okay, as of today, you don't ever have a required distribution. So the person that owns the account, you could leave that Roth money in there forever and, and never have to take it out. Um, but anybody inheriting the Roth IRA, you are going to have to take it out. Um, and uh, you don't have to pay taxes on it, but you do have to take it out. Um, so now you're, you're sitting able... with a big chunk of money. What do you do with it? You call up Kevin and we figure out how to invest it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I like that. That's what you do. That's All right. What you do. Well, again, I th- to me, the takeaway from this entire show is give Kevin a call and, and have this conversation. And, folks, if you want to call him, it's 800-975-6717 or just text SILVER to 21000. I've got all the information in the show notes of the podcast. If you, if you missed all that, you can just go there and, and click on the link and you'll get there. That's exactly exactly right, guys. Just give me a call anytime. I'd be happy to talk. And you know, there's no cost, there's no obligation. Uh, but what I've found is that uh, a lot of people can, you know, we can talk for ten or fifteen minutes, and I'm sure that'll be enough to give you an idea of whether we might be a good fit, and if we'd like to take it on to a second phone call or maybe setting up a meeting. Um, but I'm not somebody that likes to rush into these things. I'd like to just talk to you and get to know you and take it from there. Sounds great. Hey, Kevin. Uh, but again, what's the takeaway? I mean, did I did I kind of nail it today? I think I think you did. The take the takeaway is just give me a call. You know what? It'll be it'll be a simple, pain free call. I promise you. We let's just let's just talk ten or fifteen minutes. I can answer your questions. You know, if you'd like some more information about what I do or how I do it, I'd be happy to send it to you. And then we can take it from there. No stress, no pressure. provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.